So I want to add my uh, word of thanks and congratulations to our Open Table team. Uh, four years uh, running in a row. Uh, Pastor Brian, if my JMU math is working, that's 208 Wednesdays, roughly, right in there. Right. Unless there was a five Wednesday. Anyway, I won't get into the calendar and all that, but that is really cool. We've broken the 200 barrier. It's good math. Isn't that good? That's good math. Well, again, glad you're, glad you're with us. When we lived in Richmond uh, five years ago or so now, one of my favorite sections in the local paper, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, was the Monday business section. And because the Monday business section had this little sort of obscure page that had uh, news about uh, various uh, company employees. And maybe they, uh, a company made a new hire, or maybe someone got a promotion, or they won an award or an achievement. I always just like reading about uh, people and their passion and their purpose and uh, how they were doing uh, in their jobs. Now, my guess is uh, the companies put that good news in there. They never put bad news about an employee in there, by the way. But my guess is they put that in there for, of course, PR for the company, but also what a wonderful way uh, to encourage uh, the employees uh, in those various sectors of, of business. With this in mind, though, I had a crazy thought when I was thinking about that. Wouldn't it be really cool if God took out an ad or if God uh, took out an ad online or on TV during the Super Bowl next week and this ad was filled with all of our pictures, our pictures here at OTCC, and it said something like, these people have been chosen to be my reps in Alexandria, Virginia and the surrounding area. Their primary mission is to share my love with the world in word and deed. Wouldn't that just be incredible? Well, like I said, maybe a crazy thought. Or is it? I mean, minus the ad in the paper or the TV or online, this is exactly what God has done. God has chosen us for the high and holy purpose of bearing his name and doing his work in the world, being salt and light as Sarah was sharing. But rather than taking an ad out, as his people, we're supposed to live in the world around us in such a way that it's clear that we are about God's business. As the body of Christ at work in the world, it's our responsibility to tell the world about the salvation love of Jesus. It is our responsibility to feed hungry bellies, to heal broken relationships and broken cultures and broken communities. It is our responsibility to work for justice and, and, and to love mercy and to work for reconciliation and peace. It is a mission that has an impact both on this life and the life to come. When we are on mission for Jesus as his people, think about it for a moment. We actually have the opportunity to shape the other side of eternity. It is a mission so critical that Christ died for it. And we're called to live for it. Well, today we're starting a new section of our ongoing series, At Jesus, Following the Way of Jesus, by taking a look collectively at what it means for us to be God's church, for what it means for us to be a church on mission in the world today. And the text that Pastor Brian read earlier is one of the founding texts of the church. This text should sound 
familiar to you. We've, we've covered it before. But today what I'd like us to do is I'd like for us to look at this text from the perspective of our work together. To take a look at one of the founding documents, if you will, of the church of Jesus Christ. When we take a look at it, I see three, there's probably more, but I see at least three non-negotiables for the church on mission. The first one is this. Jesus is our message. Jesus is our message. We're, we're here at the end of January, beginning of February in 2021. And if anything that we do as a community of faith together as we start a new year, if anything we do, we must make sure that we commit to the reality that Jesus is our message. Imagine the scene with me that Scripture paints for us. By this time in His ministry, Jesus is a public figure. He had spent 30 years in almost relative obscurity. Young adult man from a small, poor town. Son of a carpenter. Oh, to be sure, those from Nazareth knew Him. And when He started teaching, those who heard Him started nudging each other and said something like, hey, isn't that Joseph's boy? So he was known and his word started getting out and his popularity started growing. Well, that was then when he started. And now though, as he stands in the middle of this pagan town, Caesarea Philippi, with his disciples, he is becoming well-known. He has taught in the temple. He's had debates with the religious establishment. He's walked on water. He's healed the sick. He's fed thousands. And so what does he do as a growing leader in popularity? He puts a pole in the field. He says, what's the word on the street about me? They respond, three out of ten say you're John the Baptist. Four out of ten moms with preschoolers say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. And then there's just a lot of undecideds, Jesus. It didn't quite go that way, but you get the point. People thought he was unique to be sure. But for the most part, they couldn't grasp who he really was. Then Jesus pivots and he makes this personal. What about you? What about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter stepped forward, but in the Greek, we need to know that the question is plural. Jesus was asking all of them. So he wanted to know what Everybody else thought about him, but then he turned to his closest followers. He said, you know, what do you think? Who do you think I am? So Peter says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now this was an incredibly bold statement. With all the pagan religious shrines around them in Caesarea Philippi, and with all the perceptions of the Jewish folk thinking he is one of the figures from their history, Peter says, no, you are the one. You are the son of the living God. Not a son, but the son. Not a great man, but the man. Not a popular leader and teacher chosen and followed by the masses, but the one anointed by God. I want to tell you that if no one else had followed him, that he still would have been God's anointed and God's chosen. God reveals to Peter a designation for Jesus that is beyond human categories. Prophet, priest, king, all filled by humans. But this was something else. This was something different. This was the one and only son of the living God. 
You know, Peter wobbled for a while and he didn't quite grasp the mission of Jesus at this moment. But he, meant, he went on to make this declaration, this message about Jesus and His identity, His life's purpose and His life's message. As Peter went on after the day of Pentecost, Peter wasn't concerned about people knowing Peter. He was concerned about people knowing Jesus. And that is the call of the church, to make sure that people know about Jesus. Jesus is our message. It's good for us to be reminded in a very crystal clear way every year that Jesus is our message. His identity, His life, His work, His teachings, what we do and how we do it. Let me say that again. What we do and how we do it should be saturated and soaked in Him. Now, you may be saying, Phil, that's a no-brainer. We're a Christian church. Of course Jesus is our message. But you may be surprised how easy it is for a church to get distracted and send so many other messages. I love the church of Jesus Christ. I've spent most of my adult life not only in local church ministry, but studying in churches and working with various churches I've seen churches with massive buildings in large cities, and I've seen rural two-room churches in towns even without a stoplight. I've seen churches in all kinds of settings thrive and present the message of Jesus in a beautiful and winsome and compelling way. And I have seen churches that when you looked at their agenda, when you looked at their conversa- listened to their conversations, when you looked at their calendar, when you looked at their budgets, you would wonder if they had lost their way. Social activities become more prominent than spiritual energy and power. The building becomes an idol rather than a resource. The pastor and staff become celebrities rather than humble messengers. The seniors spend more time on trips to Branson, Missouri or on sightseeing trips than they do praying for the church and mentoring young believers. Pastor Brian, there was a season in in my ministry, when so many seniors are going to Branson, I thought there was some sort of revival starting in Branson. <laughs> but it was, it was this, see, country music, or hear country music, I guess. Men's ministry eat more breakfast than they do feeding hungry bellies. Youth ministries become a place where parents drop off their kids so they can experience the best of quote-unquote Christian entertainment rather than being a youth ministry that gives kids a vision and challenges kids to know what it means to live into the kingdom of God even as a teenager. I'm not throwing stones here. I remember visiting a youth gathering in one of the churches at which I was the pastor. And I walked into their time of singing and worship, and they were singing Free Fallen by Tom Petty. I mean, I don't think that was, I didn't see that on the worship playlist, and they didn't play it again. But churches can lose their way. I've been a part of churches where Easter egg hunts were more about the hunt than the hero of the resurrection. Churches get distracted when they get their message tangled up in politics. Or they pursue a nationalistic agenda rather than a kingdom of God agenda. Churches send the wrong message when they don't speak up. So it's not only the messages we say, but we send the wrong message when we don't speak. When we don't speak up against scourges like white supremacy and systemic racial injustice and poverty. Old Town Community Church, let me 
issue this challenge for our ministry in 2021, we must proclaim the love, the identity, and the work of Jesus. Jesus in word and deed. Yes, we need to get involved in the ins and outs of our community life in order to be the best neighbor we can be. Not every activity we engage in will be a worship service or a Bible study. And yes, we stand committed to allowing groups that will promote goodness, truth, and beauty to use our facility, but we do so all for the glory of God, the blessing of our city, and the vibrancy of our congregation. But let all we do and the way we do it bring honor and glory to God. Walt is one of our open table volunteers. And without fail, when Walt volunteers and I get a chance to volunteer with him, he hands our guest a cup of coffee and he'll always tell them, this is from Jesus. It's fun to watch their reaction. Some just kind of cock their head and wonder. I didn't know Jesus had glasses and gray hair and all that. Others sort of lift their cup up in a way to cheer. Others thank Walt. And they thank God. This is from Jesus. That's our message. This is from Jesus. And so let the content of our message and let the way we speak our message and let the way we live our message in word and deed be honoring and exalting and lifting up of Jesus our Lord. It's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. The second non-negotiable is Jesus is our master builder. I covered this in a message a while back. So let me just offer a, a taste of this one with a twist. Jesus said, I will build my church. First of all, it makes it crystal clear that the church is the Lord's church and not ours. This is His. We are to be His stewards, His managers, His custodians, whatever, but He is the owner-builder of His church. And just two quick thoughts there. Crucial to any building is the foundation. That's why I read that passage earlier about Jesus being the foundation. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. Most Protestant scholars will believe that this was almost a sense of self-reference. In other words, he wasn't saying that Peter was the ultimate rock. He was saying Peter's confession of faith, Peter's confession of Jesus as the Son of God was the foundation, the rock upon which the church would be built. It's the confession. The confession of Jesus as Lord. As our builder, Jesus has provided the church with all the raw material needed for the work of the church. Let me say that again. As our master builder, Jesus has provided His church with all the raw material needed for the work of the church. Any builder will tell you that you need to have good quality materials to build a great building. The Lord has provided all we need. And it's the very best. We have been given His authority. We have been giving his, given His power. We have been given spiritual graces by the Holy Spirit to do His work. And it's not junk material. It's top of the line. It's the very best. I want us to see the incredible power behind this combination of confession and Jesus as Lord and the materials He gives us. We confess in faith each one of us as individuals. We confess in faith that Jesus is Lord, but we also confess as a church that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord over our time. He is Lord over our minds. He is Lord over our hobbies, our strength, our habits, our resources, you name it. And since He is Lord over all, 
we release all that we are and all that we have into His hands. We release control and rule over our lives into His hands. He then gives us the authority, His power, His gifts to use to do His work. The combination is really crucial here. We release our rule for His rule. He does not give the church or each one of us as individual Christians. He does not give the church power and authority and spiritual graces for our agenda. For our will to be done, not His will. He gives these graces and authority and power to do His work in the world. And as His church, He works and weaves our individual gifts and abilities together to accomplish what we just could not do by ourselves. When we work together as His body, as a team, that's His design for our work in the world. Some of you may have seen this short little video uh, before, but take a look at this short little video and look at what happens. Just look at what happens when a team pulls together. And where you see the world travel, just substitute the word minister, okay? So just take a look at this video, and I'll be right back. It's only 90 seconds. Look at what happens when teams pull together. They can do far more than they could do by themselves. Jesus is our message. Jesus is our master builder. He's given us all that we need. We have been designed to take our confession of faith, to make, them a, make our faith available to Him. He gives us all we need to do His work in the world. The third non-negotiable is Jesus is our movement maker. I sort of stretched it a little bit so I could use three M's if you don't mind. But our text, the church is described uh, from the message translation as a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. The image here is really powerful. It is an image of the church on the move. Remember a, a few weeks ago when we focused on the Lord's Prayer and we said that we should pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This means the church is to go in those places. We are to go to those places. Let me say it again. We are to go 
to those places where God's way is not ruling on earth. And we are to go into those places and be, as Jesus told us, salt and light. We don't sit back. We don't hunker down and unlock the doors and just hope someone wanders in. Or during COVID, we don't just post the service and hope people will find us. No. Our call as the church is to move out into the world. Again, I, I know we, we've talked some about our uh, feeding ministries during COVID because they've been uh, one of the ways that the Lord has just shown His grace to us and one of the ways that God has worked. But we had one of our food distribution days this past summer, and I, I saw this idea of the church just, just going out into the community in a powerful way. Our source for the food brought it to us in a big semi-truck and then unloaded boxes after boxes after boxes. I think this one particular food distribution was 18,000 pounds or something like that. And the way our food distributions are set up is we get all the boxes off the truck, then we put them on the curb, and then people drive up and they line up all the way around the block. They line up in their cars. They come to us and they get the food. Well, one day, as it started to, to get toward the end of our time and there were no more cars coming, we had a lot of food left. I mean, Pastor Brian and I looked at each other and there was milk in that food, and, and we were thinking, what are we going to do? The milk is going to spoil and all that. And then something incredible happened. We had already taken a couple truckloads of food into the community here in Old Town, and then uh, a lady in an SUV, a friend of, of Bill and Dell Seward's came and she took about 10 boxes and, and spread those out in, in her neighborhood. And then I'll never forget seeing two ladies pull up in, I believe it was a, a, a Toyota, and they said, hey, we're going to a senior citizen. Can we have some more boxes because we want to give it to our neighbors? And I was like, this is incredible. I mean, the food was starting to, to go even though there weren't cars around. But we still had several boxes of food. And I looked at Pastor Brian and I said, you know, we're going to have to call. What are we going to do? Oh, people from Groveton came, Groveton Baptist came and got food. And I thought, what are we going to do with all this food? I actually started wondering if we should pray the Lord would reverse the feeding of the 5,000. Like, can the Lord just take the food back, hold it for us till the next time and then drop it? Wouldn't that be, that'd be, that'd be an yeah. incredible miracle? But, and then you know what happened? Kurt and Debbie Steinbacher brought their pickup truck, loaded it up, and just drove it without a plan, right? Without a map. They just drove it into a community where they felt there was need, and they just stood on the corner and gave the food out. Folks, that's a beautiful image of the church. Yeah, people came here and they got food, but God's people also went out and gave food. And we are to do that with every aspect of the ministry of Jesus. Yes, we're supposed to do it with physical food to feed hungry bellies. We're also to do it with the message of Jesus' love, the gospel of Jesus. We're to do that with the bread of life and tell people about him. The church on mission, that is what Jesus wants his church to be taking the message of love and grace and truth and mercy out to the neighborhoods near and far. So that's where the people are. 
distribution strategy? Your life. What's the distribution strategy for the ministry of Jesus? It's your life. Where you live, work, and play. From the Zoom room to the break room. From the school playground to your walk around the neighborhood. Wherever you go, take the ministry of Jesus with you. The church is to be released and on mission. Jesus is our movement maker. Three non-negotiables. Not only for our church, but for each one of us. Right? Jesus is our message. Is He your life message also? Jesus is our master builder. It is His church and He has given us all we need to do His work in the world. He has shaped and designed you for the service of ministry. Are you releasing your gifts and your abilities for His holy purposes? Jesus is our movement maker. The church is meant to be on the move. Will you take the challenge? Will you take the challenge this year to take the message of Jesus with you? OTCC friends, there is no doubt that 2020 and 2021 will be remembered as one of the most unusual periods in the history of our church. And not just our church, but the history of the ministry of Jesus Christ here in our neighborhood, going all the way back to the founding of our country. There have been history-making seasons when you think about that. There's been the founding of this country and the, the struggle for religious liberty. There's the Civil War. There's both world wars. There's the turbulent of the 60s and the Vietnam War. And now a global pandemic has changed our ability to gather and to serve in person for a while. A hundred years from now, this will be a chapter in the book. I don't know how much longer we'll be in this phase. I mean, let's face it. Large gatherings of people from church houses to restaurants to baseball stadiums won't really return to normal until herd immunity is established, which is 70-75% of our area either being infected or vaccinated. And I heard uh, an interview with the Virginia Department of Health leading uh, person leading the vaccination efforts, and I think Virginia right now is at 6% vaccinated or infected. I hope and pray that it is established soon in our community, but it may be months, not weeks. Yes, we'll be able to expand our ministry when we're able to, to be outdoors in a few months. But the new normal, it may be a while. Here's what I want you to know from my heart to yours. I believe that this chapter will read that the Lord has found us faithful. I believe that from the bottom of my heart that 2020 has given us a perfect and a beautiful Picture, perfect 2020 vision of what really matters and what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. We have had to strip away the extras, the luxuries, if you will. And in my view, this has been good. As we continue this journey together and we look to a new day, let us firm together in 2021 and beyond Jesus 
is our message. Jesus is our master builder. Jesus is our movement maker. All for the glory of God. Will you pray with me? God, thank You so much for the gift of Your church. Lord, thank You for Your high and holy call that You have placed on this church, Old Town Community Church, to be about Your work and Your business in the world. Lord, I thank You for the high and holy call that You have issued to each person listening to this message today, no matter where they live, no matter where they are, of the call to make You the message, the call to allow You to be the builder and designer, the call to let You animate our movement on mission. Lord, You have put us here and You've given us all we need to do that which You want us to do in such a time as this. Lord, 2020 and 2021 are unique. They will be standalone chapters in the history of this ministry. Lord, I pray that as we continue to journey through this time, that You will strengthen us, that You will give us hope, that You will encourage us, Will you increase our faith and you'll deepen our love for you and for the world you so desperately love. Thank you, God, for the ministry to which you have called us. May we honor you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you. I hope to see you again soon.